Hello and welcome to episode 149 of the Talking Talkie podcast. I'm Matty Hayward. I'm joined from across the pond by Chris Ballard. Hello. And slightly closer to home, Tom Diamond. Evening, guys. How are we, gents? Um, I don't really know where to start. There's been quite a lot of news. Um, <clears throat> I think everyone listening to this podcast will know the news um, that Clark Osborne has walked away from the football club and is intending to put us in an administration. I think I'm phrasing that right. Um, Chris, what were your initial reactions? Where were you when they heard the news? What, what sort of stood out for you to, to begin with? So actually driving into the office. I had to be in the office yesterday, which I then got there and left 20 minutes afterwards because the meeting I went in for was cancelled. So I wasn't really as up to date as most people, but my first thought was, well, at least he's gone. Um, then you kind of start to have a mild panic as to what it means because the wording of the original statement was a little bit vague. You know, it wasn't like there's an administrator already in, it's an intention to find an administrator. And I don't know if that's a legal requirement that you have to give notice. Um, but when you hear the phrase administration, you immediately think, A, are we going to have a club? And B, if we do, what division are we going to be in? Because we're going to keep 10 point deduction. Um, what I think happened during the day was actually very positive. I think the, the club and the fans kind of rallied around each other. I think some of the communications coming out of the club since then have been way more positive and more inclusive than I think I've seen in a lot of cases. You know, it was nice to get a, a release or a statement that wasn't about pyrotechnics, I can tell you that. <laughs> um, so it, it, it's it's a difficult time. Um, you you. you your voice your mind certainly goes to the worst case scenario but it could end up putting us into a stronger position than we have been certainly since you know half past six on the evening of june whatever it was 2021 yeah for sure it's sort of that was my initial takeaway really was that it's monumental and i'm not really sure whether it's good or bad and it could be either and crikey it's definitely news um tom what was your sort of initial takeaway yeah, it's a massive kind of <clears throat> mix of emotions, isn't it? Um, I kind of felt a weird feeling of like excitement alongside the worry that, that we're having. Like in my head, it kind of felt like the club was dying anyway. Like the way that we were going, the way the crowds were dropping, the way the football was, the 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 kind of lack of uh, relationship between fans and club. I it almost felt like the club had gone at that point anyway. So in a weird way, it, it's kind of in a you know with a massive sense of uncertainty it is it kind of feels like we've been reignited a little bit and brought back together as, as a fan base and as a club i feel like it's it's a day we did see coming at some point especially the way things have gone this season but i don't think anyone predicted that it was going to come in the way it did or as quickly as it did and yeah same as chris really uh, you know my initial reaction was kind of at least he's gone like especially with with clark osborne you know no kind of footballing interest has ever been shown from Clark Osborne. It's all about the land. It's all about the stadium that was never, ever going to be built. And there were a million problems that we needed to solve before we were going to even think about a new stadium. So that was just, you know, it was heartbreaking really to watch, wasn't it, when he was when he was in charge. Um, but like we were just talking about before we came on air, like the, the, the communication today, it all just seems so much more positive. It, it almost seems like something's been lifted and suddenly the players are talking, the the... The club are talking, the club are replying to people on social media. You know, the club replied to like Buckland, I saw today, trying to get their fans to come. Uh, they replied to a, a couple of kids who wanted to be mascots, saying they could be mascots. You know, all those sorts of things never would have happened a week ago. It just suddenly feels a bit more united. And obviously, with a massive kind of, you know, cloud of uncertainty around it. But, you know, I, I, I do, whilst I am obviously as worried as the next talkie fan, I've kind of got a sense of, I kind of, woke up this morning with a weird sense of like excitement and you know looking ahead to tomorrow you know way more excitement about playing more tomorrow than there would have been had this not happened so obviously yeah m massive mix of emotions but definitely it's definitely things to look forward to absolutely yeah um i i certainly feel that i feel relief as well actually i feel um having sort of after i've taken an hour or two to process it i did feel that yeah, that sense of relief and that sense that I feel that we were never going to be a successful football club with Clark Osborne in charge. Um, 
that was that was that was the case when he took over. It was certainly the case when we went down. I think it was still the case even when we were nearly going up into the football league. To be honest, I don't think he was going to bring us long term success and stability and sustainability. Um, as you said, Tom, it was completely his whole mindset was based around um, the new ground that no one was particularly keen on. There were never any serious proposals for, and um, being rid of him brings uncertainty and vulnerability and um, fear, but I think it should also bring relief. And it is definitely brought, as you say, community and hope. And I mean, I suppose finally we're one club united, aren't we? Um, mm. Having having been told to be, um, it does feel now that, that the football community, is, uh, which I think is a bit of a lame term, but I think it does mean something here. And, and Talking United and Torbay and, and Devon, coming together a little bit and and um that's a sense that was really really falling away under Clark Osborne and George Edwards yeah I mean well who would have thought that you know this if you'd said after the Slough game last Saturday or after the Farmer game that you would have to wait in a queue to get tickets for Avely at home on the Saturday I mean do you know like you say the, the sudden the suddenly the community aspect and the whole one club united phrase which we hate using but now we're all kind of using ironically Seems to it seems to be it seems to be coming together a lot more and obviously yeah like like we were saying there's massive uncertainty but I think it's important now that we there's just no rash decisions made we take the time to make the right decision because we do not need another Clark Osborne at the club we need to make the right decision now and hopefully we've got the hopefully you know the right people make the right decisions to make sure that something like this doesn't happen again absolutely Chris yeah I was just going to say that I I think. Yeah, the uncertainty being there is scary in some ways, but it's nice to know, you know, there was an uncertainty with Clark Osborne, but the uncertainty that you had was not, are we going to be a football league club again? Because nobody, I think, really believed that. It was, when is this clown going to have enough of it and and ride off into the sunset? Um, even though in that softball interview he did with the Torbay Weekly, he was told, he said he had enough money. Clearly, he doesn't have enough money. Um. But I, I think the next step, you know, as as Tom said, is trying to find the correct owner. Uh, I, it's difficult because we're not in the luxury of being an asset that everyone's clamoring to buy. Because if that was the case, it would have been sold years ago. And it wouldn't have ever come into the possession of Clark Osborne and Riviera Stadium Limited or whatever they're called. So, um, you know, we've heard all heard rumors about a potential buyer. Um, I don't know if there's more than one potential buyer at this stage. I did think it was quite funny that the club are hawking themselves around on social media as if they've put on their short skirts and they've edged out to the end of Union Street and like, hey boys, come and take a look at this. It was a bit We're sticky on the market EFL, place, which I it? thought was wildly optimistic, honestly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it is nice to have, to feel like, I don't like this phrase because it sounds very glib, but like to have the club back. Um, and I, you know, being a club owner is not easy. It requires money that you don't mind not having in the next few years. And I think to some degree, Osborne came in at a time when the club was dying on its ass and he kept the wolves from the door for the six years that he was in charge. But there was never any attempt at sustainability, even though that was a word that he used. And with the club apparently need a new stadium no one thinks that the club needs a new stadium really um i think if the club is ever to be fully self-sustainable a new stadium might be required in the future when we've been a league two club for four years and when we have the rest of the infrastructure but any new owner and any or you know whether it's one person or a group of people they're gonna have to find a way to make the club work at a you know, you know better than it has done we can afford to put in 50 grand a month or whatever it is because there's not that many people who care about talker united and have that kind of money the venn diagram is very small and clark osborne wasn't in that venn diagram because he didn't give a shit about talker united um so the priority for any new owner is a maximizing the revenue that we have it's engaging with the community and i think the, the remaining employees have done a good job of that so far i don't know who's writing those statements on the website i don't know who's doing the social media i think i know but i don't want to say in case i'm wrong but they've done a great job and perhaps they hadn't felt able to do that 
under the previous regime. Um, but it's that sort of positivity that the club will need because, you know, we, we're all kind of optimistic, but it's going to be tough. You know, we have to get the right owner in if we can. We have to make an every effort to keep um, scrutiny on a new owner. And I think the trust is going to be better at doing that. Um, and I, we have to make sure that there is a talk United to support in the years to come, whatever form that club may take. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really difficult, isn't it? Because frankly, nobody knows many multimillionaires and even fewer people know multimillionaires who give a shit about talking United. But, um, that is what, as you say, what it's going to take. And I think I'd, I'd like to echo what you said, because you're spot on that the people, whoever's there, whoever's doing the job at the moment of running the social media and, um, communicating with fans is doing a brilliant job. Um, and yeah, it, it's obviously the case that we're not going to have a say as to who the new owner is, but if we were to have a say, as you're right, you're right in saying that the criteria should be to engage with the fan base, to have a concerted effort to actually show that you care, or if you don't care, appoint someone that does and just put the money in. Um, and yeah, long term, we need to find a way to be more sustainable, but in the short term, we just need to stay alive, don't we? I think and. Um, and and that's something that I feel really powerless about, actually. And I don't know, I don't know if that's a feeling that's shared among fans. But obviously, very few of us are uh, multimillionaires, and it's very hard to to actually have any power when there's, you know, we are the football club is in a financial crisis. Yeah, I think you were right there. Like the, there was with with saying about about the kind of long term sustainability. There's so there were so many things to address before looking at things like a new stadium. And we, it was almost like we were trying to jump through hurdles and get to one end goal, which Clark Osborne thought was going to make him a bit of money. But, you know, I think as a new owner, is Talk United going to make, going to financially make you better off? Probably not. So it, it needs to be someone who genuinely cares. And like you say, if you don't care, it needs to be someone who's willing to lose some money and willing to put someone in place who is going to talk to the fans. And actually, you're going to up your revenues in doing that because more people are going to watch, more people are going to engage with the club. And that's just where they went massively wrong, I think, the previous ownership. And like I said before, I think that's where now the time needs to be taken. And if it does mean going, because I know obviously there's a bit of a grey area, isn't there, around the whole administration. We're not actually in administration, in administration, sorry, but we have appointed administrators. So in terms of like a 10-point deduction and things, that's that's obviously not, not happening right now. But to be honest... I would I would rather take a 10-point deduction and take the time to sort it out properly and get the right owner in rather than rush it for the sake of this season where I feel pretty sceptical that even if... We, I, 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 obviously, we can still turn it around and get in the playoffs and things like that if, if we manage to find someone, but I still think we need to take the time, do this properly, and it may be short-term pain for, for long-term gain, and it may have to get slightly worse again before it gets better, but I think... The, the feelings among fans now, I don't know if, if you guys agree, is that it, it can get better. And I don't think there's kind of that initial worry that you felt when you first saw those statements. I feel like the way the communities come together and the way the clubs come together, I, I, I genuinely do feel it can get better. And hopefully this will be a day we look back on with actually, you know, thinking that's where it turned the corner rather than that's where it died. Chris, it can get better? It can get better. I mean, without wanting to appear too glib, it it's pretty bad. It probably couldn't get too much worse, right? I, I think um, we've seen other clubs go into administration and turn it around. I mean, Luton Town are playing in the Premier League. Um, and I'm not suggesting we'll be in the Premier League in 15 years, guys. Do not ever hold me to that. 17. Um, but, I mean, you know, the administration is there as a tool to protect businesses, you know, and, and it's not it's not designed to put clubs out of business. It's designed to avoid that happening. In some cases, Clubs will still go out of business. They, they can't help it. But you know, we're in a division where, you know, we're still getting 2,000 crowds in a division where the average attendance is probably 500. Um, we have enough revenue coming in to support a club at this level. Is it the level we want to be at? Obviously, it's not. Um, but we've seen in the last couple of days that there is an appetite for football in the Bay, um, which certainly most of my lifetime I've been uncertain of. I mean, the fact that Torbay Council spoke about it in their meeting yesterday, I thought was absolutely to their credit. Um, I've been cynical about them in the past, but they have been very strong against what Clark Osborne has trying to do, has been trying to do. 
Um, they've said all the right things. Um, and they do seem to realise that the club is a community asset and they have a duty to look after it as much as the rest of us. Um, I think it's worth pointing out that one of the things that any new owner should do is engage with the trust. Um, I think the trust are an important organisation. I've had doubts as to their value at points and not so much. I don't ever feel that they don't have a value. I just wasn't sure if they were able to do some of the things that you might expect a trust to do. Um, but if you have an owner who engages with them, what are you going to get? Well, you're going to get someone cheerleading for you, which is great. A new owner could come in and have a year's will, you know, of goodwill, a year's worth of goodwill. But all, more than that, I think you're going to get people to volunteer. You know, we've spoken about the match day experience of playing more being terrible. I know the trust have asked Clark Osborne and George Edwards if they can have match day ambassadors and they've been rebuffed. So maybe we could start doing that. Maybe we could start mm -hmm. making playing more a more positive place to go to. Now, we all want the club to do really well. We want to we want to go there and win games, and we want their you know want to have a championship winning team, right? But for most of us, I think there's an acceptance that we're not going to be very good most of the time. In fact, most of the time we're going to be pretty bad because that's just the level of football that we're in. But we still want to go there feeling that there's a point to it. We want to go that the the people who are taking our money value the fact that we've made the effort to get there, and the people who are pulling on the shirt care that there are people to support them and that there is a place that the community that we've all fostered over the past 5, 10, 15, 50 years in some cases is still there for us and I think that's what a club should be for um, is it going to make money? Very rarely unless you get lucky on a, on a cup run like Maystone have done um, it's always one of my bugbears because we never seem to prioritise the cups and it could be a saviour for us um, but I think there's a huge opportunity to re-engage with the local area and make the club embedded within Torbay again, which is something that's felt disconnected for probably probably 15 years, honestly. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, certainly myself, but I also think I talk for people of my dad's generation. When when you said that talk, the standard of football is going to be bad, talking at a, a, a quite crap football club, right? Um, Plymouth Argyle rightly came to our ground when we were beating them and saying, Talking United, you'll always be shit. And they are right. And we should accept that, right? A apart from a couple of blips, we have been a pretty poor football club for the whole of our existence, really. Um, and that is not to say that... The, the, the point is, is that that's not what it's about, really, as you say. Um, and I felt, and I said this, um, sorry, on the radio, um, that... Um, <laughs> I know. Sorry, I'm seeing eye rolls. Um, that um, I felt I felt more and more disillusioned with that. We've been terrible before. We've been in relegation battles in the conference not long ago, and even then, I felt, even though Osborne was in charge, actually, I felt a sense of community because I felt that people were pulling in the same direction, and I felt that, um, yeah, the football was rubbish. It was awful, but um, there was a sense that people were trying to do the right thing. And the last year, I have not felt, 18 months, I've not felt that at all. Um, we'll obviously get on to the manager um, later on, but the manager and the chief, and whatever George Edwards' job is, chief executive, I guess, have been, it, 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 feels like, it feels like we've been fighting them as a fan, as a fan base. And it feels like, any attempt at protest has just been sort of laughed off. There's been no acceptance of the failure of the last two years, which is really the thing that has really wound me up more than anything. Nobody's come out and said, listen, we're sorry. We've got this wrong. We've been crap for for ages. We're going to try our best to do better. It's just, oh, well, suck it up. It's our club. Stick together. It'll all be fine. We've had a bit of bad luck. And um, it comes back to the point that we were making earlier that at least... I'm, I'm not sure what the future holds for us, but at least we are rid of someone who is definitely a negative influence on our football club. Uh, we're rid of someone who has definitely um, had his own interests of building property at heart. And, he, you know, he never wanted to build a, a new stadium for the sake of Talking United. He wanted to build a new stadium. Well, he wanted to get us out of Playmore for the sake of him. And perhaps he wanted to build a new stadium for the sake of him as well. But... Um, there was no evidence of that. And I um, I think that my overriding feeling is optimism because 
at the very least, we've got a sort of parasite off our backs. Yeah, that that bad luck phrase really gets me because it's this isn't. I think the club felt it was you know we were throwing our toys out the pram because of three or four losses, but this was a consistent trend of failure over two, three seasons. You know, obviously we had the the, the Ashton Gate season. Sorry to bring that up, <laughs> but um, but where you know where where which obviously had positives and obviously the first season of the National League South. But apart from that. We didn't really have a particularly successful season. The season that got cancelled because of COVID, our first season back in the National League, I would argue we might we probably wouldn't have got in the playoffs that year. I remember going to Yeovil on Boxing Day and we lost like that was like our seventh loss in a row in the league. Like so that season wasn't particularly positive. Obviously we got a great team together the year after, but then the three years that followed have have not been good. And like you say, I, I don't remember once ever hearing a bit of accountability taken for that. Um and, you know, it's, that's so disappointing to see as a fan. We're not, and like we've said so many times, we're not expecting to be Man City. We're not expecting to be Liverpool. We're not expecting to win even more games than we lose. But it's just, we need that togetherness. And even if we're going to be struggling at the bottom of the division, it's still got, like you say, we've we've had National League relegation battles before, but you've still felt together. And there was none of that, you know, really under Clark Osborne. And that's 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 where... We really that's you know what we really had to address and hopefully that's where this can seem like a positive even though like we say that scary phrase administration doesn't help yeah i think it's it's funny you know you they mentioned bad luck as if we're supposed to go oh okay bad luck fair enough i mean even in the, the year we missed out on promotion we had injuries whether or not that's bad luck or overtraining, no one can really tell because apparently anybody with half a hamstring has it snapped as soon as they walk to play more. Um, but, you know, we should have invested in January, February of that year. We knew we were missing players. We thought we were going to get away with it, and we didn't. And that's that's at the board level or possibly the management level. I don't know who's made that decision. Um, but there has been a complete lack of accountability at all levels since then. Um I think the manager, and again, I know we'll get on to our former manager fairly soon, but there has been a lack of accountability on his part. I, I think the interview that Aaron Downs gave today um, was a very good start. I think it, and I've always liked Aaron Downs. He's always seemed to be a very honest man. Um, when things have been genuinely terrible for the team, he's been the guy coming to the side of the, the pitch and he's been applauding the fans, even if a lot of them have been giving him the business. Um, I also thought it was encouraging that Asa Hall and Dean Moxie spoke to TUFC TV um, because they are the senior players. Asa Hall's been through it with Luton, I think. Um, so he'll know what, what the situation is. And I just want there to be a level of accountability and accessibility. You know, I'd like to know what's going on. Oh, Aaron Jarvis had a baby. Well, we didn't have a baby. His wife had a baby. You know, okay, that's great. So we know he's not going to play. But Stobbs, is he injured again? Or Collins? I forget. I always get them mixed up. They're both the same. Um, it would be nice to be told information that I feel that we have a right to know. Because Worthing not knowing if Dylan De Silva is able to run is not going to change how they play against us. I'm sorry. It's not the Champions League. Um having that level of secrecy seemed massively counterintuitive the benefit that it could have reaped was surely way less than the negative energy you put out there um so i'm hoping that the club just becomes more positive um and the owner needs to be able to allow that to happen um he doesn't have to be a massive talker united fan it'd be preferable but as i say there aren't that many talkie fans with a bunch of money um he just needs to know what he needs to do to get the club moving in the right direction again. And he could be here for five, I say he, they could be here for five years and they could leave a hero because even though we're in the same division, because he's just turned things around off the field. Yeah, uh, yeah, completely. And I think you're right to say that, that that level of secrecy is another thing that really drove a wedge between the fans and the and the, the people in charge. Osborne and Edwards and, and Johnson. Um, and talking United fans are really forgiving. They're really like it's Tom, you rightly say that this this wasn't these protests weren't a response to four defeats or you know, um a sort of a poor lack of a poor run of form. They're a response to a sustained failure from um everybody who's got had any power at the football club. And we've forgiven a lot. 
And um, I do, on a slightly separate point, I do feel that I, I'm nobody knows exactly what was what's been going through Clark Osborne's head over the last month or so, but it does feel that the combination of having a protest planned properly and publicised on Saturday, and that article in the in the I newspaper by Daniel Story uh, yesterday, it does feel convenient or like it can't really be a, a coincidence that he chose that day to go. It does feel like we should take that to mean that fans do have power and and that we shouldn't settle for less than we than we feel we deserve because um as i say we don't know we don't know why necessarily he's jumped but i think he might have jumped because he could feel that building pressure he could feel fans disgruntlement and he'd had enough of it and we should remember that when when whenever next time we're in trouble um that we've got influence that is worth uh, wielding yeah, who knew the IE newspaper had that much power, right? To cause, well, exactly, yeah, cause that's absolute whirlwind. Yeah. International powerhouses of journalism, aren't they? Um, have we got anything more to say on Osborne before we move on to Johnson? I think we should give Johnson a, a fair chat, but obviously I don't want to cut anything short. Um, I will say, on not so much on Osborne himself, but owners in general, I don't think the idea of an owner making a bit of money out of a club is not in and of itself a terrible idea if a club is run properly and let's just say he he built a 10,000 seat stadium I mean who knows where it would be and a training ground and he was able to build some bars and a hotel around it and he was able to make some money out of it nobody would be against that the issue with it is is when the money making comes before the rest of the football club and again I don't know if any potential owner is going to be listening to our words of wisdom and taking them on board but i would suggest to anybody looking to buy the club that's the first thing you've got to do you know no one's going to mind too much if you do make some money hell if we find a ollie watkins and sell him for five million quid you keep half of it that's fine um but you have to be aware that the club is you know you own the club but you're really a custodian of the club nobody ever owns a football club i mean you know big clubs perhaps because they have shareholders but you know, you're looking after the club until the next poor bastard comes in to take over you and relieve you. Yeah, absolutely. We yeah, um it sort of belongs to a community more than it belongs to a um a man or woman in a in a suit who may who, who may or may not give monkeys about it. I, I completely agree. Um okay. So a couple of hours after what we thought was well actually I thought the big news of the day was we've been featured in the I newspaper. And I was saving that for my post work, my post work read, and then I got to my phone after um, I dismissed my final class of the day, and and had a, a, a sort of raft of um, texts and and group chat notifications and so on about uh, Osborne going. I thought that was the big news of the day, but then there was more big news. Johnson's gone as well. Um, Tom, we've had a number of conversations you and I about Gary Johnson and about the fact that it's been his time to go for a while. Um, what do you think about him going now? What do you think about... Yeah, what do you think about him going now? We'll start with that. I actually tried to talk to my final class of the day about it, but they had very, <laughs> li very little to say on the matter. What's a talkie was the was the first comment. Which, yeah, yeah funny. So didn't go Didn't go very well. I mean... Um, <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, like you say, Matty, we've stood together at, at countless games and, and talked about Gary Johnson I think along with Clark Osborne I just feel that the the way not just how not just the performances we'd had but the way those performances have been managed and the way that no accountability whatsoever was any was ever taken and this bad luck phrase that we keep going back to had just really driven a wedge between the the management the the ownership and and the fans and you know on the pitch it was just getting, it was just going from bad to worse, wasn't it? I mean, we'd we'd lost f four games before that Farnborough game, and then we were trying to spin that Farnborough game as I think a battling point. It was said to be. I mean, which anyone that watched the game will say that you know that's not that's not the case at all. Um, and I just feel that no matter what had happened throughout the rest of the season, and and okay, maybe we would have got in the playoffs in the end. I don't think we would have. But maybe we would have got in the playoffs. I really didn't feel there was any coming back for Johnson at Torquay at that point. You know, we've had kind of at the end of last season, 
he kind of managed to get himself in a position where maybe he, he'd restored a little bit of faith by going on that little run at the end and kind of playing the narrative of, well, I've only just managed to get this squad together. This is the squad I wanted all season. But, when, you know, whether you believe that or not. But this year, he had an opportunity to restore the faith. You know, the fans got behind him in the first few games. But apart after that, just the way it was handled, the way the, such negative football... You know, we are a full-time club in what is more or less a part-time league. And we just showed no willingness to play football. Every, I, the amount of times I stood on the pop side this season or at away games and said, if if someone didn't know and you had to say, which football club here do you think is part-time and which football club do you think is full-time, there's almost never could you would you have picked Sorky because we never looked like the team that knew how to play football. We did not look like we had a structure. We did not look like we... The, the players wanted to play together in any way. You know, it just looked like 11 individuals who didn't really know what they were doing, especially at the back. You know, the amount of freeze frames you've seen on social media and stuff from when a ball gets played through and we're in like a zigzag. You know, it's just embarrassing, really, to, to be a full-time football club in, in that situation. And, and one more thing on, on the secrecy we were talking about as well. You know, Johnson's playing it up as if the managers in, in the league are, are spending all day. These guys have got jobs. It's a part-time league. You know, they're not worried, like you were saying, about Dylan De Silva playing or not. That's not changing anything. You know, they're all at work. They're not sitting listening to Johnson's press call. So it was just, oh, it was just, there was just this air of kind of superiority over the club and over everything else when actually, in reality, we were failing week in, week out. And it was completely unenjoyable to watch on every level. And yeah, that's why I was very happy, actually, to be honest, when I saw that news. I know there's bigger problems than the manager, but yeah, that, that had to happen, I, I feel. Well, I, I think he's a symptom of the malaise that the club has had for the past probably three years. Um, I had been one of the more defensive, you know, of Johnson's fans, if you will. You know, I, it was really not until the last probably three or four weeks had I really felt that him moving on was best for the club. Um, you know, I had been quite honest, I think, um, the issue with you know removing somebody is well who are you going to bring in especially when we felt the budget wasn't there to you know bring in a new manager and half a dozen new players but the arrogance of johnson certainly since the turn of the year has been mind-blowing um you know he has had a decent career in the game and no one's you know suggesting that his achievements of the past are, are less but he has not been able to get this team to play as well as they should at all, except for the first 20 minutes of the season when we went 2-0 up against Dover. I listened to that on the radio and I thought, this thing is going to be piss easy. We're absolutely going to walk this. We're playing great football. And then suddenly there was some pressure applied and we collapsed like a flan in a cupboard. Um, I, It's for the best that he's moved on. I do not like the way that he's moved on. I don't like that he's only moved on when the club has gone into some form of administration. Um, I think that he was hanging on to get a payout. And then once he realized he wasn't going to get that, he said, that's it, I'm off. And I think that's really poor form. Um, it's, I don't know if Aaron Downs is going to be a better manager. I mean, you could easily argue that he at least has some of the blame for the team being so terrible because he's been coaching them. And my understanding is that he's coaching them every day, whereas Johnson isn't always at the club. And I don't know if that's true. Um, but Aaron Downs was a good defender and this club cannot defend. So maybe Downs is not the right person to bring us forward, but I at least feel he'll hold himself accountable and he'll be man enough to show up in press conferences and he'll approach fans and he'll be be somebody you can talk to in a civil manner, guys. Let's not go shout at people. But um, I, I feel like he is someone that the club needs at this point because he has a history with the club outside of the management side of things. And I don't think that Gary Johnson ever did, despite him saying that it's his club. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that, Chris. Um, I think I think there's two things, really. I think um, the football over the last sort of 18 months has been absolutely dire, right? Um, uh, I've, I've mentioned this in an article that I've written. Um, sorry, again. Um, but um, I thought he probably would have got sacked af after we lost it uh, Wrexham 6-0. I thought that was a good time to say this has been a rubbish start to the season. Um, 
after having quite a poor end to the previous season. Let's just call it off and, you know, shake hands. And it's he's it, almost getting a statue at that point because he's had a really, really good um, few years with the club. He's brought us back to, um, to so close to nearly football and whatever. Um, and since then, the football has been appalling. Um, that eight games or 10 games at the end of last season was a blip. It was a it was a moment in time where people panicked and we and we decided to sign some players, but it was far too late. And um, obviously the problems ran deeper than him, but he was he was part of the problem. He didn't he may not have started the fire, but he didn't put it out either. Um, and since then this season the football has been appalling, and he could have been sacked after any of those defeats. We cannot be losing twice in a week to Maidstone and against Slough and against. Hemel Hempstead twice, I think. But I forget because all these clubs are the same. Hampton and Richmond are the same. But you know what I mean. We, I mean, the, the, you know, the, we're a professional football club. I've done this so many times. We've done this so many times. Professional football club can't be losing those games, can't be mid-table in, in the conference itself. But, and, and it's right that he's gone and he should have been sacked far, beyond, far before um, now. But also, his conduct off the pitch has been appalling as well. He's behaved, I think with an arrogance, as you say, with the hubris of a man who thinks he is able to... He thinks his abilities are far beyond what they are. He's With every club that he's managed pretty much for a long period of time, Yeovil and Cheltenham, he's had some success and then really tailed off and been unable to turn it around. And if he had any self-respect, he would have resigned at this at this you know, stage. And I think that you're right, Chris, that he was clearly just waiting around for a payout. And and when he didn't get one, he's gone. Um, the way he's treated the fans has been appalling. Um, I understand his frustration at being told that he should be sacked every week by a group of fans. That can't be fun. But the way to deal with that is not to come out swinging and and, you know, say this is my club as much as it is theirs. All of that nonsense is really unbecoming of a of a manager, I think. Um, he showed his ass really this week, I think, by walking away. Listen, I'm not in a position to tell somebody that they should stay in a job with what we assume is going to be a far reduced pay packet and it's going to be a far more difficult job. Um I I can't I can't say that, that he should have stuck around, but it bloody stinks, doesn't it? That hours after the man who appointed him, the man who he has bigged up on camera, the man who he has expressed gratitude to leaves, he also walks away. It just stinks. Um, and yeah, it should have been so much different. It, it just, he really should have been one of the great managers of my generation of, of you know, of, of this football club and actually of all time. And um and he isn't. And he, and he leaves us in a position where we're mid-table in the Conference South, which is exactly what we were five years ago when he took over, or however many years ago it was. And that is really, really, really very sad, I think, as much as anything else. So many empty words as well, you know, like we were talking about. I mean, in that online fans forum we had, he said about, oh, we won't go and train in, in Bristol or anywhere else because we need players to buy into the area. But the manager wasn't even living in the area. So we can't say that. And like we're talking about the conduct as well. I'll never forget there was a post-match interview he did last season in one of the games where we got battered. It might have even been the Wrexham one where he said, oh, it's really important that if we if we lose, I go right over to the fans, look them in the whites of their eyes. And 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 that never happened. He he, he was straight down that tunnel. That I mean, like, and often, often he was the quickest person who'd moved in a talkie kit all afternoon down that <laughs> tunnel. When you look at some of the players we've we've had over the last couple of seasons... But he was straight down that tunnel every game. And that's where I think Downs has got himself a bit of kind of credibility to start with, is that he is always over there trying to talk to the fans, you know. And I think that's where, even though he's been involved in this regime, and regime's probably the right way of describing it, he actually is probably the one that has tried to kind of keep the fans on side a little bit more, I, I would suggest. I know people that kind of um have have kids that play more and stuff who say that Downs is always, you know, there for a chat. He's always willing to sign things and stuff like that. He's just got a little bit more about him, I think, in terms of being kind of uh fan facing. And I think that will buy him some support. Well, I think that will buy him a lot of support tomorrow. 
because I, like you know I think I don't think there'll be people going there tomorrow feeling negative about it. I think there'll be people going tomorrow wanting to get behind him. And I really do think that if we can win a few games in a row now, it's going to lift everything so much. And I, I do think tomorrow is a, is a, you know, obviously there's a lot, a lot bigger problems than Avery at home tomorrow. But I think it's a massive game for so many reasons. Yeah, I feel like Downs is a bit of a foil for Johnson. Really, he's sort of, as you say, he feels more approachable. He feels more um, positive. It does seem also that, that as Chris said, that he's been taking quite a lot of training sessions and he's been doing, you know, a, a lot of that side of it as well. Um, I don't think any of us know if he's a brilliant tactician. We have defended awfully um, under his assistant managership. And I don't know if he'll be a good manager. You know, that's, a, you know, that sort of charisma and um, personality stuff can only take a manager so far, obviously. But... I do genuinely believe that the players will play better under him than they did under Johnson, even if it's just a case of um, having a different voice. Not that he's a different voice, but a different voice giving the final instruction, you know, having a um, somebody different to play for. Because it was clear that they weren't playing for, for, for Johnson and they hadn't been for a long time. The performance at Farnborough is a perfect example of the players that are not playing for their manager. And... Um, do you get the sense, and as I say this, let me say it so far, you get the sense that he's likeable in a mm. way that Johnson absolutely never was. And being likeable isn't the only thing a manager needs to be, but it's a good start. I think we, we've seen so many kind of um, sort of ex-players who we're all so fond of coming out of in support of him today. Um, thinking of people like Lathrope, Mansell, those sorts of people are all coming out with support for, for Downs. Um, I saw one comment from one of them. I think it might have been Lee Mansell, who was like, the first person I'd taken a fight with me is Aaron Downs. And I think that's what, you know, we are in a fight right now and we need someone like that. And, you know, he's clearly respected by people that us as a fan base respect hugely. And he's going to have their backing. And I think he's got to have everyone's backing tomorrow. And, you know, we may well lose tomorrow, but it doesn't, I, we, he's got to, they, they have to be supported. And it, it, we, we cannot, kind of be overly negative about the playing side for the next few weeks we've just got to get behind them keep buying tickets keep doing everything we can keep trying to fund the club in any way we can and just keep it going because I think it it does really feel like it can get better but it's going to need everyone together yeah in many ways the football tomorrow is almost secondary you know I if we lose 10 points we're four, four points above the relegation zone so at some point we're going to need to win some points right but tomorrow is less about the actual football than it is about a club coming together um, and starting to re-engage the fan base. I, I think it's tremendous that some of the fans have been buying tickets, even though they can go and basically give them away. Um, I see Tim Sills has been doing that now. I don't know if you saw that just in the past few minutes. That's tremendous. I, I think it's great that um, we're going to get probably a pretty big crowd tomorrow. I mean, I don't know if we're looking at 4,000 plus maybe. I mean, for a while this morning, you couldn't buy a ticket from the website because there was a queue on a website. That doesn't make any sense. That maybe says more about their website, but that's not the point. Um, I just want people to go tomorrow and have a good time at the football, even if the result isn't the same. With that said, if they were to show up and win 6-0, none of us would be too upset about that either. Um I think it's funny because the team has been horrific all season, even though at the beginning of the year when we signed, when we retained the players that we did and we brought in people like Brad Ash, let's say, we genuinely felt we were going to be a force of this division. Those players haven't suddenly become crap overnight. Some of them are crap to begin with, but Hansen's gone now. Um, so if we were, are able to get the team on the field and play in the way that we expected them to at the beginning of the season, we should have no problem finishing fairly comfortable in this division, even with a 10-point deduction. And without that deduction, we could find ourselves in the playoffs. And I, I realise that's a very optimistic thing to, to say, and it's, it is secondary right now, but it would be a good way for a new owner to come in if we did find ourselves in the division above next year. <laughs> and can you imagine the positive outlook that would give the club and the ownership going into 24, 25. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're, you're absolutely right to say that these, you know, these are, these are players who aren't as bad as their performances have been showing. They're not a team that's, they're not a set of players that should be losing or sorry, winning one out of 11. Um, you know, even, even though some of them have come back to, to fitness and what have, when whatever, um, 
they're playing against against part-time footballers and um you'd like to think that with a sort of shackle off their back they might they might turn into performance and they really should and and, and hopefully the the atmosphere will be a much better it'll be a much nicer place to play football tomorrow than it has been um, and that's not at all to blame talking fans who have been critical of playing more they're right to have been critical in the past but um hopefully um tomorrow it will be a place of celebration and of community and of a fresh start and um that should help the players i think speaking of hansen just quickly, i don't know if you guys saw the the shirt auction that got yeah. advertised today. <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking, if I had to, who and I, I just couldn't bring myself to, to bid on any of them. I was thinking, I, they, I think they also did a PayPal link for just to fundraise for the club. I'd much rather put my money into the PayPal link than receive any of the shirts that got put it's on that. It's like list. a horrible game of Snog Mario Void, isn't it? It's <laughs> like, do you want Osman Foyo's away shirt or <laughs> Ryan Ryan Hansen's home or Archie Harris away? It's awful. Um, yeah, it's funny, isn't it, that that in a sense our football club is going to be propped up by Archie Harris merch, but that's that's sort of how it goes. Um, yeah, it's obviously yeah we understand that we can't sell off Aaron Jarvis's shirt yet, um, but it is funny that those that list of yeah sort of Cinderella's ugly sisters have been uh, paraded around. At least they're trying to get some money out. Okay. Yeah, what can they do otherwise? Use it to wash their car. It I is. Mean... It is the most valuable use of, of of all of those shirts, isn't it? Like that. Yeah. And those, and those footballers. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean... It will be. It will be the most value Ryan Hansen has ever given us. Is the the ten pounds that that shirt goes for will be more it's use than anything he's done you on the pitch. Yeah. You can oh really? Fifty pounds. Is it? Which I think is wildly optimistic. But um, no, I, even though I've said before, I thought Hansen was a decent signing at the time. <laughs> I was quite. I was quite enthused. Um, the PayPal link, I don't want to mention that because, you know, over the past 48 hours, 24 hours, 48 hours or whatever, we've seen a bunch of links go up. There's been some posted by well-meaning talkie fans. The, the trust has one now and then the club has a direct one to the PayPal. Um, if I was going to suggest someone donate, and obviously it's not my place to say, but I would suggest donating to the trust first um, for two reasons, mainly because the trust is the only body that we have as supporters whom we know has the best interest of the supporters at heart but also with the admin I'm not entirely sure what happens to money that goes into the club right now and that's a question that should be answered as soon as possible I actually asked them on Twitter like can you give us a running update of how much money you get out of this because you know if someone gives them 50 grand I mean they won't unless they do they're bonkers but we want to be sure that, that all of that money is going to be used to prop up the club not pay Clark Osborne's travel expenses for a month or whatever. Yeah. Um, and as much as I admire those individuals and fans who've put up a, a, a GoFundMe link or whatever it was, I would avoid those like the plague. <laughs> because you don't know, I don't, I don't know any of the individuals concerned, but I'm just not going to give money to a person who says he's going to give it to someone else. You know? Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think... Um... And I think, again, we need to just reiterate that how important the trust have been and are and will be. And regardless of what happens, um, we haven't even we haven't said the word Phoenix tonight. And I, and I feel um, sort of tentative about doing so. But even if the worst comes to worst and that's the that's the thing that we're having to rely on, they are the people who are who we are going to have to um, support and get behind and, and ideally be involved with. Um, you know, there are plenty of Talking United fans who have got ideas and creativity and a little bit of money and 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 all of those things are going to be useful if we're going to come together as a community properly. And um, I do trust the trust to be, um, as you say, having the, the, the club's best interests at heart. Um, and it's, yeah, they're going to be important regardless of what happens in the next six months or so. Um have we got anything more on Johnson? Have we have we covered Johnson? Have we covered Osborne? I don't want to, I don't want to move on to the excitement of briefly touching on Farnborough and Averley before we, we we're finished. Oh, I wish I could think of something else to say because I don't really want to talk about either of those two things. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think we've covered it pretty comprehensively. There will be more to come in the forthcoming days and months. I mean, I I don't expect an owner to be announced certainly before the weekend now since well I'm, I'm five hours behind you 
I would imagine that the club will be ownerless until the end of the season. I would not be surprised if administration happens if we find ourselves with a 10-point deficit next season. Which, if we're in National League South, by the way, and we're owned by a person worthy of the name, 10 points is not going to be any kind of um, impediment to us. I mean, we've seen you over there over the hills and far away already, so there's no reason we couldn't do that ourselves. Yeah. But we can still we can still piss the league, is what you're saying, uh, Chris. Oh, yeah. Choo-choo, motherfuckers. Fire yeah. it up. Yeah. Um, Fire it up. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course, there's going to be there's going to be news. It feels like there's news breaking or some news breaking every every few hours, to be honest, and it feels like that's going to um, continue one way or the other. Um, so obviously, as as a podcast, we will we will continue to cover that. Um Tom, did you watch the farm game? The second half, yeah, and it just, yeah, I, I, like we say, it's, it goes back to the false words we're talking about. I know we're not trying to talk about Johnson too much now, but like you say, it didn't look like a team that were that were kind of playing together. It didn't look like a team that were playing for their manager, and it was just hugely frustrating um, to watch. And you know, it it did kind of summed up i mean i guess that the only kind of shining light was a clean sheet but it just summed up kind of what we've been seeing over the season really um and it just kind of added to this feeling of like i said at the start I, the club even though it's currently in its kind of riskiest position feels way more alive than it has done in recent weeks and the farm brigade kind of symbolized that you know to me it, it felt like a dying club in the last few games that that i've been at and it it yeah, and that kind of Farnborough didn't change that just because we picked up a point, and I I do I you know I feel so much more more positive about tomorrow now than I did you know at ten pm on Tuesday night. I don't I don't know what you thought. Yeah, absolutely. I feel I feel that actually you're right that these two games Farnborough and Avery feel like quite a good microcosm of how we feel about the events of the last few days. Right, that that the past time the Farnborough time was awful. Um, and we were set up terribly. There was no optimism. There was no attacking intent. There was no. Uh, there was just nothing about us. We were we were terrible, and the future times, they are worrying. But there is positivity there now, and um, that yeah, that works quite well. I don't know if anyone knows anything about Avely. I mean, all cares. Um, they already beat us once, didn't they? They did do us away, didn't they? Yeah. I think. yeah. yeah. That was when yeah. we thought, oh no, this is going to be a long season. Because they were like yeah. the second or third game, maybe. Yeah, that was. I think that was the real kicker of, yeah. oh, we're really here and we're not going to piss it. Yeah. I think we'd lost to Worthing at home and they'd absolutely mullered us. And they were like, so much better than us. Oh, that's all right. We'll go to AV. Where the fuck is AV? We'll, get, we'll win there and we'll be back on track. And then, nope. <laughs> Still no. There's yeah. yet, yet another team to beat us that I'd never heard of until the start of this season. Yeah, did, no. did not know where it was. Did not know it existed. But fair play to them. Um, we have Worthing is, is, is was a prime example of what I was saying before about if you had to pick which team's the full time team, which team's the part time team, you would not have had it that way around. They played us off the park. Yeah. Um, and even Twice. away from home, obviously they put four four past us as well. Is it four five four past us? Yeah. I think was it, it was four two. Yeah. Four two, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. We but we, it was a still. very generous two, as I yeah. recall. Like, I remember yeah. listening to that on the radio, and then I watched the highlights. I was like, we were never in danger of getting anything out of that game. Yeah, it was a lowercase two, wasn't it? And a big, yeah. a big on four. <laughs> but like you yeah. said, I think I think tomorrow symbolizes so much more than than the on field result, and I think there'll be a, a kind of a wave of positivity and optimism, no matter kind of what happens on the pitch obviously I hope we don't get battered but I don't think we will actually to be honest and I just yeah I've got a good feeling about it actually which like we talked about with this kind of sudden change I did not have a good feeling about it a couple of days ago yeah. um, it'd be really interesting to see kind of be interesting to see how Dan sets us up as well because I, I was I think, just going to ask yeah, yeah go on I, I no yeah it just yeah I, I think tomorrow might and obviously it's very quick turnaround by all kind of from what I've read online, Downs didn't even really seem to know that this was happening until it happened. So he hasn't had masses of time to think about how he's going to set up a team. However, it will be interesting to see what our style is like tomorrow. And actually it may show how much 
input was he having with Johnson? It, I, I, I would, I would love it. If we come out tomorrow, a completely different team and Downs has put his own stamp on it. And I, yeah, again, I still don't think the result is particularly important in that sense, but it will be really interesting to see how we play tomorrow, what our style is and, you know, what personnel are, are, are in the starting 11, considering we hopefully have a few more options now. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I think where Downs has that bit of goodwill as well, I, I think fans kind of aren't 100% on how much he was kind of actually able to do or how much was just him kind of being a Johnson sidekick. So I really hope he puts his own stamp on it and says, this is my talkie team now. And we see kind of a rejuvenated side tomorrow. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that we can. It'd be nice to see us come out and actually try and win a game. Hmm. It felt like certainly probably since the... December, I would guess. It's felt like we've coming out, I think, and we've had such a fear of failure. Well, I hope we don't lose. You know, and, and we've been setting up our team to not necessarily attack. We've tried to burn the counter-attack. I mean, we have had pace, and that's helpful, but just go out with, put Johnson and Ash out there, put Stobbs there, have him running around. And I don't really care if the formation is particularly rigid or whatever, you know, well put together. I just want there to be some enthusiasm on the pitch because there hasn't been for such a long time. It feels like this is going to be a terrible analogy for which I will no doubt get mocked for. Um, but it feels like when you have a horrible relationship and you finally break up with that person and you're miserable, but you go on some really bad dates. And the bad dates are going to be losing to Avely. But you're going to finally figure out what you want out of life. <laughs> and over the course of the next few weeks or months or whatever, you'll finally find someone who can make you happy. Um, like I said, that was a very tortured metaphor, but um, I would like... I would hope that tomorrow is an optimistic time all around. If the team can put in the effort, because again, we've said before, we're not a good team. Traditionally, of 120 years of history or whatever it is, we've been crap for probably 95 of them at least, right? Um, but people do appreciate players making an effort. Um, you know, we, there's always going to be a skill gap in some cases, um, but an effort gap isn't something that we should be conditioned to expect, and we have been um, so I'm, I'm hoping that the, the bigger crowd will provide some motivation for the team. The team will provide some motivation for the crowd. And that's how you start building up the juggernaut that's going to make us win the National League in a couple of years. That's it. Yeah. It's a really interesting dynamic, isn't it, as to what Downs will do. And you're right that I think it will tell us quite a lot about his relationship with Johnson. Because I feel that he must have, at some point, had the thought of, I wouldn't be doing this here. You know, like... Right. like like I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be setting up five four one at Farnborough. Um, I think Ash will definitely start. I think just, uh, almost as a symbolic thing, like we're going to play with two strikers because we're at home and we're we're a big team and we're going to go win this game. Um, and yeah, I, it'll be really interesting to see what 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 he does with it. Um, but who knows? I mean, we don't know. It, it might it might be that he's got no tactical ideas at all. It might be that he just. Uh, sort of throws a lot of shit at the wall and see and see what sticks. And a, a change might be better than better. Well, it will be better than it was before, regardless, really. Um, and as you say, a defeat to Avery might be um, might be that bad date. But at least um, at least we're finding some freedom and some um, you know some uh, self respect along the way. Right. Um, yeah. A, a um, defeat to Avery would be a bad date. I don't think you'd see that girl again if you took her to that. Oh no! I mean, yes. God, please don't. People, people saying they're buying, they're buying extra tickets. Do not buy an extra ticket for your first date. For goodness' sake. Although, if you can get them to enjoy that, then you know, I, I took when I came over with my wife for the first time. I'm like, look, we're going to play more. She's like, okay. Never really seen a football match before. She had a good time. She even met some of the uh, talkie fans and didn't run away screaming, which is, you know, a surprise. So maybe we should be encouraging people to go to talkie on the first date. Maybe that's it. Well, maybe a romantic cup of cup of coffee and maybe share a pasty. Yeah, this is how magic happens, people. Sort of two hours of discomfort fueled by carling and boots and laces is sort of how most of my relationships have gone. So maybe that is is the right way. I don't know. Yeah, I took a girl to Dorking away last year, but um, we're not we're not together anymore. (laughs) There you go. My girlfriend hasn't been to a game since we lost at um Derby, and she drove back to Stockport that night. So um. Love and respect to her, but also 
I would say my t- official talking talking advice is don't take a first date to Waverly at home. <laughs> um, and I think, unless anyone's got any extra business, that probably should be where we leave it, actually, on that note. Um, so thanks very much to Tom. Thank you, guys. And thank you to Chris. Thank you. And I'm sure that Talking Talking will be back. Um, I'm going to place my bets on next week um, with some more news and uh, a review of the Avery game. Thanks for listening.